0: This is the box Lunch. I am Trace. Who are you? I'm Rita Rue. And we are going to start this on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays. We are going to also rate Tom's show. Tom's not here. Um, But you can see the topics off the right-hand side. We're going to try to keep it interactive with the chat. See Sir Boy Mars uh, as usual in the chat. U.S. veteran, appreciate you being here. Uh, But at the same time, I think that there's going to be probably a little more flair here. Uh, Nothing against my man Tom. Best interviewer, in, and I'm going to say this no, why he's, he's not great. in the room. He's great. Unbelievable interview. Tom, Tom does such a good job of listening to the person talking and being able to fabricate. Here, now we can't say nice things about him because yeah, he's coming I, I, in. Nice. we got to stop talking nice things. But, Tom, I, I guess I will say it when, I, when you're I here. Don't, I
1: don't. Anything? <laughs> not say anything nice about me there. So thank you.
0: But, but in all honesty, when I was listening to that interview, it made me realize two things. One, I didn't appreciate Bronson Aurelio enough sure. while yeah. he was here um the second thing more importantly probably is that you do such a good job at what you do well, and i know you. we don't say that enough around thank here it's an honor and it's a privilege for you to be in this building with us and at least me to be able to at least watch you do what you do because a lot of people see you they see you on the screen yes but the preparation i'm just saying the preparation that you do is great but we're going to get into some other things that, that aren't so great, which is some of the hot topics. Well, let me say thank hot you
1: first of all because that was very, very nice. So, yeah, and it, so 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 let's let her rip.
0: So I got a couple things. One, you talked about momentum in baseball. Do you believe momentum is, is, a, is, a, is a real thing in baseball as much as it is other sports? Obviously, I think momentum is a real thing in my opinion all the time. But do you think it's a momentum more in baseball or less in baseball than other sports?
1: What I can tell you is this. I, I, I think, to answer your question directly, I think the old adage about momentum uh, begins with the pitcher who's throwing the next day. Okay? And I've often said when people ask me, oh, you know, what do you remember most? A uh, call, a game, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the 10 days that I was with the Arizona Diamondbacks in the 2001 World Series, okay? And you got to remember now, this is on the heels a month out from 9-11 mm-hmm. okay and the diamondbacks open that world series at home kurt schilling incredible beats roger clemens right. Right. randy johnson just dominates the yankees game to andy pettit blowout game like 13 to 1 or something insane you got an off day now you go going to new york and in that off day we go into uh the actual site at 9-11, there's still smoke coming up, piles, still. it was brutal. It, it was, it was, it's indescribable. And this was a month later. The whole team went down there because uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani, the mayor at the time, was looking for anybody of any name, entertainers, musicians, athletes, whatever it might, to come down there to kind of give a, a little support for all those people that were having to dig through this rubble and finding bodies and, you know, Anyway, game three, Yankee Stadium. A lot of people have seen George Bush comes out, throws a fastball right down the can. Yankee Stadium is just beyond belief rocking. I mean, it's insane. Here comes the Eagle soaring through the stadium. It was just, it was unreal. And the Yankees got an energy about them being back there. They won the next three games in their last at bat. It was the first time it had ever happened in the history of the world series. Their last at bat, So now here's all that momentum now for the Yankees, but they had the day off and they come to Arizona and here comes Randy Johnson again. So do I believe there's something to momentum long-winded answer? Diamondbacks win the next two games, Johnson game six, Schilling game seven. do I believe there's momentum? I, I I do think teams get a little something going. That in that Giant series, that that whole Hunter Pence thing, man. I mean, nobody will ever make me believe, and you may not be able to qualify it or quantify it, but they had something about them that that Reds team was lacking, and Bronson and Arroyo just acknowledged that they yeah. didn't have it.
2: Well, sorry i didn't mean to jump jump in there but one thing that bronson said was about the hard stare you remember that comment that he made about the hard
1: stare which basically he was saying about tony larusa
2: right how how real do you think i don't that's one thing i've never understood at the professional level you see this with the cardinals you see this with the steelers and the professional level there's so much turnover guys come and go managers come and go um free you know what's it called the agency come and comes and goes but somehow a mentality stays there with the Cardinals, with the Steelers. It makes sense at the college and high school level. Nick Saban's been at Alabama for 20 years. But I don't, how can you quantify that at the professional level? But it's true. You see it with the
1: Cardinals. Well, number one, you got to win games, right? Right. I mean, whoever that person is, they got to win to keep their job. But that's why when when so many of these analytics people try to to sell me on the idea that, that managers aren't responsible for more than three, four, five sure, games right. a year. Sure, I think that's sure one right. of the most ludicrous things I've ever heard in my life. Because there are managers that separate themselves from the pack because they win a lot of games. They're doing something that makes a difference. It may not necessarily be did they make the right pitching change in the seventh inning? Did they, you know, should they have not have pinched at this guy in the eighth? Should they have not have started that guy instead of this guy, whatever it might be. But it's, it's, the, it's in baseball anyway. And that's what we're talking about here. It's over the long haul. It's 190-something games with spring training. And it's 220 days. And you have to set a tone. And those tone can be different. Dusty's got a different tone and a different vibe than La Russa. La everything is mm, all the time. Dusty, it's eh, there's some of that, but there's also just you know, but yeah. Mike Tomlin, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Mike Tomlin. I mean, I'm not there every day, but you know, there have been some years where the Steelers weren't all that great, but man, you didn't want to play
0: him. Right. Well, I, I had wrote on my paper, "You took my thunder." I, I had heard this said to me a long time ago: "Momentum is only as good as your next day starter." Yeah. And that I feel like is true in baseball. You know, you might think that you have everything rolling. The next thing you know, you got a guy that goes out there and he throws eight shutout innings, and then all of a sudden that just hits a switch. Everybody's high on the Phillies, and obviously in this in this room, I do hope the <laughs> Phillies. I do hope the Phillies win for two reasons. One, I joke with these guys before it all started that the <laughs> Phillies are going to win. I like I like when I'm right. I was right about something else. We'll get to that later. Um, but I also like the idea of these guys that that are fun to win. The only thing that's going to break my heart is Dusty. That's the only guy that's over there that you really can give a rip about. That's right. And I think what you and your dad talked about is without question, I don't think that he'll ever let out to believe until the day that he dies how much it would mean to him to win a World Series because at that point he's admitting that he might not have succeeded and done something Mm -hmm. when he doesn't need to do that. But at the same time, I do think there's something fun and energetic about this Phillies team. It goes back to your point about that situation back in 2012 um, that hurts my heart and it I don't know was this in the common knowledge? Bronson Arroyo just drops some drops a bombshell on I've, me I've out never there. Heard Breaks that my heart about a, a
1: Quato and, Quedo batting, and practice. batting practice. Yeah. And then Quato coming back and not being given a chance to at least throw the ball. He did those exercises you right. talked about. Right. right. You're making the decision to keep him on the roster. Yep. Um, and that, arguably, and in my opinion, and I, I, I give the Reds hell for
0: a lot of things. I can make the argument of why they would have chosen to go with a Homer Bailey contract over Cueto after that small, small sample size. I get it. Of what happened in the postseason, you have a guy that was supposed to go out Game One of the NLDS, gets hurt, you know, struggles, can't come back, doesn't pitch again. Homer Bailey's this up-and-coming guy. You've had you've you've heard him talked about in the farm system sure. for for the from the time he got drafted. That's right. You know we got a Homer Bailey. He's coming down the pike. He's coming down the pike. And that guy goes out and like it or not, I'm not saying I'm a big Homer guy, but he shoved it in
1: Game Three. He played. He, he absolutely great. went he out there and shoved it. Right.
0: And he and he looked like a guy similar to a Kurt Schilling type of guy. Yes, you did. know, a no nonsense. Yep. I'm gonna come up here and I'm gonna shove it right up your yes, ass. Yes, he did. And that's what he looked like in Game Three. So when the Reds app put that. Next post, or not postseason, excuse me, offseason, had to make a decision. They said, do we want to sign this Homer guy or do we want to sign Cueto? I understand why they did Homer. But to think that the, 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 this is where it just goes back to just Cincinnati and you just drop your head. To think that it might have all stemmed off the fact that Johnny Cueto just wanted to be funny in a fucking right. batting cage, yeah. excuse my language. Yeah. Maybe Johnny Cueto goes out and dominates game one. Yeah. Dominates game four. Two of the – now I know I'm getting really hypothetical, but maybe he goes out and dominates throughout the
1: entire postseason and that's the guy they choose. Well, he'd have been the guy, if he doesn't get hurt, that pitches game five. I know. I I Maybe it doesn't. You'd have had Cueto in game one, Bronson in game two. You have Homer Homer in game game three. three, Latos in game four, who was great that year for the Reds. People can badmouth him all they want. That year he was great. The next year he was even better when Cueto got hurt and he was the ace. Um, But that's the way that thing would have stacked up.
0: And that's just incredible that something as simple as like, hey, I'm going to be funny, go in the batting cage and say, look how hard I'm going to hit the ball tonight, and you tweak your back or you do whatever you do to your back, um, you just – as a fan and as a reporter, as a, as a, you're never going to hear that. Johnny yeah. Cueto's never going to come out to the media and say, yeah, I was messing around in batting practice and I hurt my back. But Bronson, who's very well-spoken, by the way. Oh. I mean, incredibly intellectual Unreal. type of guy. You can yeah. tell just by listening to him, um, man. He was, I'm not saying he was throwing guys into the bus, but the
1: beautiful thing about that interview was he wasn't shy about telling me no, how didn't. he felt. And, and I mean, I love, I love the, the, uh, you know, just talking about leadership and that's another thing that, you know, look, there've been 8 billion books written about leadership and good leadership, bad leadership. I can only judge it on, on just being around major league baseball teams and. And, and as I said to him, I thought you, ha- you have to have a vocal kind of leader. He agreed. And, and just being around that Reds clubhouse, what he said is so true. The guys who you're expecting to be that guy because they're the best players doesn't always mix with that particular individual's personality. Vado's just not that guy. And it's not mm-hmm. knocking Joey Vado. He's one of the greatest players in the history of the franchise. Right. But that's just not him. And that's Okay. Um, and whoever the other one was, he's Scott Rowland. Yeah. Another guy love Scott Rowland gamer, tough, great example guy. Right. There are a lot of example guys. Um, isn't it weird how a guy like Johnny Gomes, which he came
0: to the Reds. No doubt. A guy like Johnny Gomes is maybe the glue. He's, he's the, Mm -hmm. he's the, he's the edge that gets you over the proverbial hump. Like, and, and you just, I don't, that's where to me, I'm not against analytics completely. But you, you have to acknowledge you have to acknowledge that humans play the sport, yeah. and you have to acknowledge that you can't you can't analytically do anything from a from a something that you can't med, control metrically, like the brain.
1: I mean, well, no I, I, I loved hearing his. I mean, there are so many things about that interview. You're right. That I mean, I'm I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not patting myself on the back. I, 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 the no, you were brought, fantastic. But, I, but I, I just I just loved when, when I asked him, because again, outsider looking in, even though I'm traveling with a team every day, I thought in, nine, in in that year of 12, they win 97, Nationals win 97. I thought the Reds were a better team. But it's interesting to ask Arroyo that question. And he says, eh, you know, our lineup, a lot of swing and miss. A lot yeah, of hot and, and cold. That's how it felt. A lot of swing mm-hmm. and miss, a lot it's of like hot Bruce. and cold. That's the state of the game now, almost entirely. It is. But, but for a player to be able to be around long enough to have played on a world championship team where he has a point of reference, and then to look at your current team and say, ooh, you know, our pitching's good enough, but our offense, are we too much hot and cold swing and miss? And that's what they were. Because if you remember, they came back here um, after scoring all those runs in San Francisco, and they couldn't do anything against some very mediocre Giants pitching in those last three games. Yeah, Barry Zito. Barry Zito, great career, but I mean, he was done.
0: The way that the Reds were built, and that's the fear that I have. Moving on, when you get into this analytical game, is that, in my opinion, I think putting the ball in play does matter. It does. I I think that trying to grind out at bats does matter. Bregman's is is maybe not a very good example, but I don't know how many people are watching this game this late. But in the eighth inning, Alex Bregman went up there, and the game was over. It was I think seven to nothing, maybe at this point and he was just grinding out in a bat that looked like it was very very meaningful I don't know how many pitches it was eight nine ten pitches and he walks and yeah that might not mean shit to most people that just watch baseball but if you if you stack up guys like that in a lineup that are just tough outs it wears on guys There's it no wears doubt. on pitching no doubt and at the end of the day the Reds have seemed like for time and time again that whatever run they had we want to call it 11 12 13. They had a bunch of what I would consider extremely streaky guys. Yeah. And, unfortunately, it hit the Reds at the wrong time. And I don't think that that type of player holds up well under pressure, personally. No. Well, especially right? in the postseason. That's when you're what I'm saying. Really when it gets really, puck- really, really, really yeah. thick, yeah. those swing and miss guys usually swing a hell of a lot more and
1: miss a hell of a lot yeah. more.
0: But, um, But, damn, I – it kind of brought back some really sorrow memories, obviously from the 2012 time frame.
1: No, no doubt. So, uh, do, are you guys going to make a habit of giving me a grade? Is that what's going to happen? Am I going well, back to I my days? I not say. I don't
0: think we're going to give you a grade, but I just wanted to bring up points during the show. Right. What I liked, what I didn't like, what you said, what I didn't like. Sure. Well, Monday and Fridays when the when yeah. the takes
2: are flowing from yeah. you, Tom. We'll, we'll, we'll one days we kind of take it takes. easier on you
0: because you just give right. these great interviews. <laughs> But these Mondays and Fridays are probably going to be a little different.
1: Did I did I sign up for this with you two guys?
3: <laughs> yeah. Did I sign up for this? Yeah, I think it's part of your contract. Yeah, it's written in the okay. fine print. Tom,
2: do you think you make the Mount Rushmore of OU grads?
1: Well, put it this way, okay? <laughs> Mike Schmidt. Here, here's here's what I could tell you, okay? One of the one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in my life, and how prophetic mm-hmm. it turned out to be, unfortunately. One of the funniest lines, a very close friend of mine who I went to college with at OU. Two of the most famous broadcasting alum at Ohio University history are Roger Ailes
2: okay.
1: and Matt Lauer. I knew
2: Matt Lauer. Okay? Roger Ailes Roger
1: Ailes built Fox News into this mm-hmm. empire that it is now. You know, whatever. Okay. Whether you watch it, like it, dislike it, irrelevant. It is the most dominant station ever created in the history of mankind It cannot be denied. Just by viewership, Roger Ailes built this thing. He was given tens of millions of dollars to Ohio university. They named the building after him at Ohio university. I don't like where this is going. Mm. Well, then as we know, there was a movie made about it yeah. about his indiscretions with women. So they no longer took his money. They being Ohio university and they took his name off the building. Matt Lauer. Yeah. All right. They're gonna put his name on the building. Uh, we know what happened with Matt Lauer. So a friends of mine friend of mine says to me, Hey, whatever you do, if they come to you and ask to put your name, put on, name that on that on building, building, don't do it. Well they never came to me, but I would have given them a reason to take it off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my friends my friends went to OU and they said, you know, you guys were talking about Texas Roadhouse yesterday. Yeah. So, in, in, in Texas Roadhouse, wherever they go, they put a, pa- a mural of local famous people. Like, in here, they have Wally Zerbiak, because he went to Miami, and they have the Big Red Machine. My friend told me there was a Matt Lauer mural in the Texas Roadhouse in Athens, Ohio. Really? And since then, they have painted over it and just put the Texas Roadhouse armadillo over top of <laughs> Matt Lauer.
1: <laughs> well, I can't speak to Matt Lauer. I don't know Matt Lauer. Well, I don't know. But— yeah, we, we obviously have some very famous people and infamous.
2: In I I'd, put, I'd put you on the – you well,
1: got thanks. you got anything thanks. else from his no. show?
0: I got one no. other thing. It's going to be for Paul, though. Paul yes. said that – and I know why you said it, but Paul said that Dayton's going to be a top 25 team. I think Dayton's going to be a top 10 team. In fact, no. I think Dayton returns all five starters off of a pretty good team well, last year right, then. who was young. Yeah. I know, but I'm saying to the viewership, let it be known that I think Dayton will be a three-seater better come tournament time. Okay. Oh. So,
1: We'll hold you yeah. to that,
0: and I and I also seen a graphic today, Paul. I don't. I'm, I'm gonna just let, maybe you can defend yourself here. They had Xavier. It was one of those weird graphics where you can kind of see the entire state, United States of America, and every single state had the oh, logo of the team that was the yeah. best team in that state. And they had an X on that. Can you believe that somebody had the audacity to put well, Xavier as the I, best I team I in believe it. from last year?
2: From this year. Oh, I thought. Well, obviously. oh, Matt
3: Norlander wrote that article. Matt Norlander does that for CBS Sports every year, and he picks the best team. He ranks all 160, 363 teams. He ranks every team, the best team in each state, and he puts their logo on each state. He picks Xavier to win the Big East, and he's just doubled and tripled down on it over and over and G- over again. You... So he's not going to back up. Oh, so he's like
0: well, you guys and the Browns, basically, is what you're getting at?
1: No, I think, no, no, what, no, no, what I what think he's saying it's like, a and... fair point. He's yeah. saying that of all the college basketball teams in the state of Ohio this year— Okay, not going into the year, but if yeah. it played out where Dayton wins the A-10, right? Yeah. That's what they're in? Yeah. Okay, outside of Ohio State winning the Big Ten, Yeah. okay, which you're not projected to do. They're in the middle of the pack, whatever they yeah. are. Okay, if Xavier wins the Big East, yeah, I right. think most people would probably logically come to the conclusion that they're the best team in the state of Ohio. Yeah. And Outside, then, of, outside of OU. And
3: Norlander, who wrote that article, has been like the premier Xavier flag bearer for the last three months. So he's not going to back down from his take. So that's why he, he did that. But and yes, that, I did. And see that. that,
0: and that's why I said, it's kind of like you guys in the Browns. So you're saying he's not going to back down from his take, even though he's wrong. Cause Dayton's the best team in Ohio. But what you're saying is you got at what point, this is the last question I have for you guys. I'm being serious. I don't want to get sit up here and be braggadocious about the Browns thing. I do have a serious question though. At what point God. do you stop saying they, that they stink?
1: I, there's no, hang, hang on. There's no, I said, I, it before I mean, the game, Seriously, and I it's see ridiculous. people in the chat talking so about how they stink.
4: I can defend this just oh, because no, one you can't. team that stinks still has beats him. another team that stinks doesn't mean that He's they don't the stink. <laughs> that's He's a good, that's a good
1: logic.
0: So the logic is, in your opinion, Casey, and this is where this good. is where I just and we're not going to go. I don't want to go beat the dead horse. We got a lot of topics today. I, I just, I just genuinely think that your that 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 your kind of what I would call your rationalization of stink is bad. I mean the idea that you can only win a Super Bowl and you then that means that you're not in the stink category. I I mean your list, Casey. Your list, Casey, is like win win a playoff playoff game. Casey, we are
1: going to clarify. I asked you to do it yesterday, and we didn't have time today with Arroyo coming on there and my dad. Tomorrow, you're going to now qualify and quantify moving forward. What 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 is the definition of stink? Okay, and it's not going to be. It is not going to be. Can a team win a Super Bowl? That's, that's not, not going to be it. That's, yeah, that's not. That's it. not going to be it. I all right, already, I'm going to throw this over to you guys, Trace, thanks. Reed. Right. You guys, before before um, uh, I let you go, and I'm all, we're here tomorrow with picks. Um, we need to get you. A good Michigan luck with the time. show. Number one, number two, Trace Georgia v Tennessee. <laughs> I don't care about spread. I don't care about any of it. Who's the winner in that one?
0: I mean. I'll have oh, this take dude. on Friday. Obviously, you're not going to be here. We, I, we haven't really talked in depth about that. We're going to figure out. People are asking in the show. We'll have a question. programming. Exactly. I am going to go on the same take that I've been on before. I think I'm just as passionate about Georgia beating Tennessee as I was about the Browns beating the Bengals. Okay.
1: All right, Reed, I, you agree or disagree? Uh, Reads a read. See, read
0: read. I've taught Reed Reed's some got things. a pretty good record this I've year. I've taught Reed and all that he knows. Pretty good lane,
2: I mean, run. The, the the crawl says itself. I don't even know if I can. Yeah, there it is. Reed can't pay his mortgage this month. It's crawling across the bottom of the screen because <laughs> I got to owe my bookie so much money. If if I come in here with some broken knees, Tom, you understand why? It's because I'm on a losing streak.
1: All right, so yeah, Tennessee or Georgia? Who's winning the game? Georgia. Thank okay. you. Okay. All right. Well, here we go, boys. I'm passing it over to you. Fair enough. That's a pretty good toss. That's a good toss. Adios. Thank you. Thank you. you. It is time for Box Lunch. Trace Fowler, Reed Mouse. Take it away, gentlemen. All right.
0: Well, you came up with some topics. I came up with some topics. One of the topics that you came up with was Coach Taylor. I think this is becoming relatively tired. But at the same time, you go ahead go ahead with whatever whatever you want to talk about about Zach Taylor.
2: Well, I mean it's at this point, this is something that everyone has talked about, but how much of what is transpiring this year has to do with Zach Taylor as the head coach? And you know, we can talk about the Bengals as as a whole lot. And I know you guys talk – I know Paul and and Casey and and Tom talk about it on their show quite a bit. They talked about Zach Taylor earlier on in the year. I I think it is the the play calling thing is tired, but I think it's well warranted when we talk about it every single week because it hasn't gotten any better. And the first time we talked about their play calling, I remember was last year in the San Francisco game in overtime when we didn't give Joe Burrow a chance to win that ball game. But how much of this – and Trace, as an an outside looker, looking inward to this Bengals team – how much of what has been a lackluster season to this point for the Bengals been because of Zach Taylor,
0: in your opinion? Well, I don't think Zach Taylor can block. That was the first. That, okay. That's, the, that's okay. the main issue that I have. If, you, if you're going to be a good football team, and, and obviously Tom's brought this up on the show, you have to be able to run the ball and be able to run the ball when you want to run the ball. And not only that, you have to be able to protect your quarterback at least long enough to see him get through a couple progressions. So the thing that's been proven so far this year is if they can protect and they can run the ball, then they do well. They play teams like Atlanta who, who can't run, rush the quarterback, but then they go and they play the Cowboys and they, and, and they have trouble. But at the end of the day, how much, is that, how much is that Taylor versus somebody else? I don't know. But at the same time, Taylor's the leader, and that's what he needs to probably become, in my opinion. He needs to get his, get his ass out of the whole play-calling situation. Sure. Because, yeah. one, I don't know if he's great at that anyways – but I do think that he's got a decent culture-building mentality. He's no, like, the, people, I guess, is he like the like Dusty it. Baker of, of coaching uh, in the NFL? Is that what he is? Could be. Yeah, I
2: mean that's that's a fair that's a fair. I mean, maybe maybe we're undercrediting Dusty Baker's career, but no, I don't. There's mean it. there's a lot of similarities, and way. people obviously enjoy playing for Zach Taylor. There's no doubt about that. They talk about it every time, and and even when the players speak about what it's like in their locker room, it's. A credit incredibly abundantly clear that there is a nice culture there, a great culture, a winning culture. It just hasn't translated it to, to on the field. And you mentioned the offensive line, and, and I talk about this. When you talk about building a roster in football, the four most important in this order things are quarterback, Bengals got it. Then the second would be tackles and offensive line. Then you go defensive pass rush, and then you go secondary. All the other positions, fill in trickle in after that linebackers safeties running backs and and we'll get to running backs takes later right but
0: the do you are you on the train or not or am i on, on the Zach? Zach, I would like to we'll keep it moving are you on the train or not to keep i'll exact, tell you my opinion
2: to keep him in in the role yeah i'm not i'm not out on him he he shouldn't be he put off i think he should be relegated to a leader on this team as you mentioned and, and right you need to get somebody else in there calling plays
0: right the, the only the only option in my opinion would be somebody needs to sit down with him and say listen we have a finite window here and the things that, that 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 we had built upon last year are obviously not progressing in the direction we want we need to find somebody that can come in and call plays and here's one reason why Casey I don't know if you have the the, the full screen graphic or not but I talk about protecting the quarterback and you can kind of see there um, move the J-bar out there. Yep. So I think P. Ryan should play way more than he has been. And I've been saying this, and people want to be like, you know, I know Mixon's a jersey-selling kind of guy. I know he's the name-brand guy. I understand all of those things. And I'm not saying Mixon's even what I would say a bad player, but everybody has this cliff of NFL running backs. Todd yeah. Gurley is the proto-perfect example of a guy that two years ago might have been an elite rusher. And then two years later, you're not the same guy. You get banged up every single day, and through, through two or three seasons of the NFL, you, you, you can fall straight off a cliff. And the idea of, of playing P. Ryan more, in my opinion, is being able to actually protect the quarterback. And then also, P. Ryan's not a bad runner. He's a hard, hard runner. And how many runs is P. Ryan going to possibly negate that Mixon would have is my question to you. How many times is Mixon going to have a 25-yard run when P. Ryan would only run at five yards?
2: Right. Well, you've, you've got to ask yourself, what is Joe Mixon? in And I think Bengals fandom is, is relatively in unison about, about Joe Mixon at this point. But what does Joe Mixon do as a rusher at this point well? And Casey, Paul, you guys can chime in whenever you want. When you see Joe Mixon on the field, what does he do well? I mean, yeah, here's this graphic. Joe Mixon, 65th out of 67 off PFP out of running backs. Right. It's the third worst running back in the league, and we keep handing him off. He gets more carries. Is he? He's not fast. He does it. He. Does, I mean, he's a big. He's a big back. But does he break out of tackles all that often? Does he see the field well? He, at this point in the season, he's doing nothing well.
0: How, how many times, like, like you, when you were watching this guy? I know you guys get up caught in your, in your fandom, and I understand when I watch, when I watch games of the teams that I like. Sometimes it's hard for me to actually. Kind of see the game and relax yeah. and right. understand you can, you and see things on. differently, you you right? Blinders. But when you were watching that game on Monday night, at any moment did you did it not appear to you that Mixon just didn't have it? I mean, he's dropping balls out of the backfield, right? I've been and listen, I've Chris Evans of- runs down the sideline, makes a makes a turnaround grab on the first play of the game. Put the graphic up there one more time, Casey or Paul. I'm sorry, yeah, I got you. Whoever it may be one more time. How in the hell can Chris Evans have two snaps? Two snaps in a football game. When on the, one of the first plays of the game, he runs down the sideline and catches the ball spinning out of play. And you got a guy up there. What's his name? Mike Thomas got 24 snaps. Yeah, You're Mike preaching Tom- to the
2: choir here. My, man. Yeah, Mike Thomas got one target, two, and 24 snaps. So
0: at the end of the day, that, in my opinion, falls on the head coach. And I, obviously, you could say some of it's play calling. But at the end of the day, you got to put guys in positions to succeed. So did you did you hear? On on Monday
2: night, they said that the Browns were shopping around Kareem Hunt, and you could get Kareem Hunt for a fourth rounder.
0: That's oh man! Listen, that's I'm what all they were shopping about around
2: and no one, no one, no one that the
0: can't bite. be true. Here's the one thing: I don't know. How, we can all go around the room really quickly. Are you guys a believer? And we're going to go into the college football playoff rankings right after this. Someone brings up a great point. P. Ryan had one carry for seven yards. I don't know. It's not bad, but do you? Are you of the mindset that you value picks over players? I mean, obviously, you can't get ludicrous about it. You can't trade, like, five first-round picks for one guy or something crazy. But if you are, I guess, the Bengals, would you take a Camara for a first-round pick next year? Well, when you're, it, it depends on where you're at as a state of a
2: team. If you're in a rebuild, then, yeah, you take the picks over players. If you're where are the Bengals at where you feel like you've got right the majority of the roster there, yeah, then you get the players. I don't know if the Bengals should be dishing out picks for running backs. I think that's that's because that, I'm, I'm out on running back as a tool in the NFL anyways. I think running backs are a dime a dozen. And that graphic I mentioned earlier, but I didn't get to say this, and I've said this for three years now, draft a running back every three years in the second or third round. That's all you do. Look, you draft a running back in the second or third round every three years. Don't pay him. Repeat, rinse, and repeat. You mentioned – Todd Gurley, you can right. go back over the past 15 years nah, since the game pick. has evolved, there's a new running back that is the best in the league every two years. Jonathan Taylor now. Right. Derek Henry, go back to the early two, 2010s. Chris Johnson. Granted, there's going to be an Adrian Peterson and a Ladanian Tomlinson sprinkled in there every once in a while. Right. But for the mo- mo- most part, they're a dime a dozen.
0: No, I think it's been proven in the NFL. I mean, you got guys like the Packers, obviously, is the team that I follow closely. Aaron Jones is a guy that I mean, he wasn't even he wasn't even theoretically a running back, and the next thing you know, he turns out one of the better backs in the league. Like, Can Chris Johnson stop returning and,
2: kickoffs, please? Though.
0: And just, I'm not saying
2: he shouldn't be out. There. I will
0: say the last thing, the last point I was going to make about the, the Browns Bengals game. Um, maybe you guys talked about this on Monday. I know you said we're preaching to the choir, Casey, a little bit. I, I didn't, I didn't get to hear you know everything that you guys said the other day. At what point was Joe Burrow ever considered about taking out of the football game?
4: Yeah. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, what happens? I'm just going to throw out a shitty hypothetical. What happens if Joe Burrow goes down when you're down? Yeah, down What was it, four. 32 to whatever? It was 25
4: right. nothing in the third, right?
0: Uh, what, what? You guys get my point. Oh my God, At the end of the day, if, scores, he gets hurt, if he gets hurt in the fourth quarter down four scores in a game that looks like it's not going well, it's a shitty night, you need to get up out of there. I mean, do you, I guess the question I would have for you is two questions. Then we're moving on. One, would Zach Taylor be would, would be on the hot seat considered to be fired if they lost the first-round playoff game last year with the same regular God bless season? The veteran. And then secondarily to that, Joe Burrow would get hurt in a situation like last Monday.
2: If Joe if Joe Burrow got hurt in that situation, Zach Taylor should be out of the league. Yeah, you, it's just dumb. I mean, that was the yeah. initial reaction – from everyone.
3: Well, I all sent right. that text in what the with two two or three minutes left in the third quarter. Right. That why right. why is he still playing in the game? Yeah, put, put Brandon Allen. They out scored there. the first touchdown. Maybe you get a stop or two. You score another right. touchdown, and it's like, all right, we still need three more.
0: Right. No, I that, that that that's the one thing that
3: everybody always says, like, oh,
0: coaches know more than the the, the, the general public. Right. I, I I think sometimes coaches are just you well, know, coaches have get, so many. They s- get it ingrained in s- their head that they're one one way, and they don't consider that. You know, well, sometimes coaches, it's just. Be realistic.
2: I mean, you you do it with this this company. You're you've got 30 things going on at You're one right. time that you you sometimes over oversee things that are relatively easy. I'll ask you all three of you guys this. Right now, DraftKings has the Bengals odds to make the postseason at minus 120, and to not make the postseason at, at even money plus 100. If you had to take a side on that, which are you taking?
3: I said before the season there was no value either way because I think these odds were pretty close to this preseason, too. I think they were like minus 170 maybe preseason, so yeah. they haven't moved a ton. Uh, right now, they have to go six
0: and three. I mean, it's a simple right. question. Do you, like, do you think they'll make the postseason or not? Yeah, I still do think they'll sneak All right. in. fair enough. Casey? I'm... Um, I'm not as high on right. it. Casey's uh, man, Casey oh, got Casey. burned. Casey, oh. man. Oh, Come on, Casey. Oh, boy. Casey. Casey, Casey was, that, was, that, was that
2: ribeye steak that, that ruined you? Up?
4: No. Here's the issue is you lose your arguably – your second-best defender on Uh, your team besides DJ Reader. Three of
2: the four best players on the Bengals are out as of now. Correct. Jamar Chase, DJ
4: Reader, uh, Chidaway Uzi. I don't don't care what they say about Jamar Chase. If it's a hip injury and there's a hairline fracture, that thing might not be healed until next season. We don't really know. Fair enough. Just because he's a different guy doesn't mean that he's going to be able to play. And then we still don't really know anything about DJ Reader. and. (laughs) It just isn't looking good for the Bengals. I think that they should just – Can I I
0: be a little bit of a fountain now instead of a drain for all of you Bengals fans? I think that I came in here and I tried to tell you guys about how bad you guys were and how you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that. This is what I will say about the Bengals. I think that there's still time to get the ship right. And I also think it is very, very fortunate for, for the Bengals for the next two to three weeks that they don't play teams that are really good. They have teams that are beatable. They they are going to win. I think – I haven't looked at it in depth yet, but I think they're going to win this upcoming Sunday. Touchdown
2: favorites. That's a
0: good sign. That's a very, very good sign based off the way that they looked on Monday night. It's a good sign that Vegas thinks that they're still a touchdown favorite. So I would expect them to win that game. At the end of the day, I do think it's going to come down to three teams and laugh, laugh up one tree down the other. I don't care. It's going to come down to whether the Browns can get hot and then they can get Watson back. It can come down to, obviously, the Ravens, who are the front runner, And I think the Bengals are still going to be right in the, in the thick of it. In the division? Uh-huh. Yes.
2: Well, it's a good thing. Division record doesn't matter towards winning the division. It's the secondary thing. It's your overall record, then your division record. Yeah, because the Bengals are 0 3, so.
0: Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But but obviously, if it comes down to a tiebreaker situation, you might get in some trouble. But at the end of the day, I don't think the Ravens are are, are are unbeatable any in any any given week. Like every single week, I think the Ravens could lose the football game. The Browns have proven they can do that, and the Bengals are right there. So that's my that is my fountain of hope for yeah. Bengals fans. And here's here's the drain. Is that, oh, here we go. So, what is this?
4: This is the last thing we should talk about. Yeah, we're done with these after, clowns. After this, mm. the Ravens do not play a team above a 500 record the rest of the season. That's not good. So they're probably a shoe in for the division at this point. So you're that's looking fair. at wild card. And when we're looking at wild card, that's more realistic. I think we should probably put to bed. The fact that they can probably win this division—it's not going to happen. Just not with the Ravens' schedule, um, not with their zero three division record. So let's that's just fine. try. Let's let's try to find a way for them to get in the wild card. Yeah, I, I I'm not, I'm not giving awesome. up on the is, division, is Casey. I, I I, I.
0: Casey, uh, really quickly, we're going to be done with this. Who do the Ravens play this weekend? Do we know that? If not, I'll we'll get it up to up it later. I'll pull it up real quick. All right, let's go to the uh, college football playoff let's, rankings. You go ahead and show off what we got here. Oh, what I we mean, got?
2: Our, our esteemed executive producer, yeah. Sean Spurlock. because the dude's just been winning money. Yeah, left he and wins right. a
1: bunch of money left and, and right, doesn't tell, doesn't us about tell the picks. anybody. Isn't that isn't that terrible? I mean, I that mean, is the most
0: ridiculous I mean, bullshit me, me ever. Me and
2: me and Trace are drowning, in, drowning. Debt, in debt because of our picks being bad. But you know what? We got a little. We got a little Fox lunch. Look at this. Yeah,
0: we do. What we got
4: here? What's in there? What's in there?
2: This
0: is like a high-end. These aren't the lunchables. We got a turkey, got cheddar,
2: a and sub sandwich from Lunchable, and the price of a Lunchable has not gone up with inflation. So there you go. <laughs> so you're saying it's a value. Yeah, it's a good value. I'm, I'm going to eat this win. while we're, while we're wrinkles, doing our deal. Kool-Aid. It's the Saints, by the way. So the college football.
0: The Saints. So, so they're, they're, they can get beat this week. All right, win. Start. We'll start with that. All right. We'll start that. We'll do it one week at a time. You never know in the NFL, fellas. I mean, what kind of... I got mayonnaise. Did you get turkey and cheddar? I got turkey and cheddar. Where's the snack? What kind of... It's
2: Hershey Kisses, it looks like.
0: Does
3: this take out the spin wheel for lunch?
2: Oh, I, I'm a no. big boy. I'm sure I can eat. Some this more. is what's wrong
3: with America.
0: Okay, back when my day, you got a real dessert. What in the hell is this? Is this a Michelle Obama? Bullshit I blame or what? Michelle Obama. I mean, Michelle what Obama is this? What ruined is this our life in shit? middle school. Ruined I mean, come it. on, man. That's a, that's
2: a Hershey kit Hershey kid. You can't even see it on screen. It's is so it bad. It I won? mean, that, that is my dessert.
0: That's what they're giving me today. Oh no.
2: That is bad. Well, that's why the price of a lunch bowl hasn't gone up. They're, exactly. skimping, they're skimping you inside the box. Yeah. That is terrible. Thanks, Sean, for getting us some. Yeah. Well, is this, appreciate is this, this payment for? I think this is an everyday, every, every, every time
0: we're on thing. But college football playoff rankings come out. Let's be honest. They're relatively worthless. Um, go ahead and throw them up really quickly. Yeah. I think most people have obviously already seen them already. You got Tennessee one, Ohio State two, Georgia three, Clemson four, which I put in the ticker. Uh, Clemson's like the token, like ugly girl in the pretty girl right. group. You, gotta, you know what I'm saying? One you one got, got to have one of them to make them all look better funny. for being funny. Uh, are we though? I mean, it's kind of true. <laughs> I, I think that Clemson, we can all agree is not a playoff team. They're more than likely probably going to get beat this weekend is what I'm seeing. Who do they play? Notre, um, Notre Dame. Dame. Let's go. They play Notre, Notre Dame. Uh, Michigan's obviously right there at, at, is there anything about this that, that, Seems kind of wild to anybody.
4: So, chat, I'm, I'm waiting to hear nah, from you. So, so, my thing is, if your thing? the Michigan-Ohio State game, which is in two or three weeks? It is the Saturday okay. after Thanksgiving. Saturday after Thanksgiving, okay. Well, I Second mean... the most uh, important rivalry that day. The, my issue is Alabama's going to sneak in there if Clemson does, in fact, lose.
0: Well, the only way Alabama is going to sneak in there is if is if they win the SEC championship game. Okay. Yeah. Right. So so ultimately, there's there's not to make this too like too sterile and not fun, but at the end of the day, Georgia plays Tennessee for a chance to make the college football playoff next weekend, uh, this weekend. Right. Whoever wins that game is is automatically in, as long as they don't lose to someone they're not supposed to. Mm -hmm. Clearly. Alabama has a chance to redeem themselves and win in the SEC championship game. If that happens, the crazy thing, in my opinion, unless Ohio State and Michigan trip up, they're going to have a playoff game to get in there. And then your fourth team is going to come out of their – listen to me. It's going to come out of either the Big 12 oh. or, Paul's been saying it, I'm going to give Paul some credit, Oregon still has a chance. And the reason Oregon has a chance is this. I'm thinking this is going to happen. I know I'm a fan, but I – Seeing the, I'm seeing the writing on the wall. We'll get into it on Friday. I think that Tennessee's going to get their ass beat. And when Tennessee gets their ass beat, it's going to make everybody think, wow, maybe that loss to Georgia at the very beginning of the year in Atlanta for Oregon isn't as bad as we all thought.
2: Okay, let me, let me ask you guys something. Who of these three teams has the best chance of making college football playoff? USC, TCU, or Oregon? USC. TCU or Oregon? Oregon, USC, one loss teams. TCU undefeated. TCU has Texas, Texas Tech, and Baylor still on the schedule. USC has UCLA and Notre Dame still on the schedule. Oregon has Oregon State and Utah.
3: I mean, I, I'll take TCU. Of those three, I'll okay. take TCU.
2: Over yeah. over the Big 12? Or Pac-12? What?
3: Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, they're... TCU Ran- definitely. They're ranked above them right now, so they already have the leg up. If they do their job, if they go undefeated, of those three teams, yeah. I mean, TCU's already a spot ahead of Oregon, two spots ahead of USC. Only. Uh, some, things, some, some things you have to
0: factor in that question, in my opinion, though, is how realistic do you think it is that they will go undefeated, right? right? Is, t- yeah. is, is TCU going I think to oh. go undefeated? Oh. I mean, we all know that if streets. TCU goes undefeated, they're going to obviously be in. Well, I mean, they're next. They're more than likely going to be in. That's very, very high likelihood. But yeah.
4: Uh, how could is Texas Tech? Not very good. Um, now nah, I'm looking at it. But well, they play They got to
0: play, play a championship game, right? And they're going to probably have to play Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. They already played Oklahoma State.
4: and uh, Kansas State.
0: I know that they've already played Oklahoma State, but there's just weird things that happen in college football sometimes to where you might think that you take care of a team once and then they come back and turn around and beat you, like Georgia did to Alabama last year. I uh, So I'm not I'm not sold on the fact that TCU is a shoe-in to go undefeated. Um I think TCU is the answer, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any, there's any question about that. Um, Do
2: you think it's more likely – now,
0: these are three wild scenarios.
2: Do you think it's more likely that both the Pac-12 and the Big 12 get a team in there? Or? I'm or listening. that there's two Big Ten teams in there? Or that there's three SEC teams in there?
0: Three SEC teams, I think, is that, impossible. Out of yeah.
2: all those three scenarios, the most likely is the three SEC?
0: That's impossible.
3: No, 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 not most likely.
2: Okay, so what's the most likely out of those three scenarios, that there's a Big 12 and a Pac-12 team in the Final Four? Yeah. Uh,
3: of those three, yeah, because big, the Big 10, Ohio State, and Michigan will knock each other out. And then, yeah, I would say that to get a Pac-12 team and a Big 12, because you put TCU and Oregon in there. TCU finishes undefeated, wins the Big 12, they'd get in. And then Oregon, if they went out and win the Pac-12, they'd need some help. But they could get in, too.
0: There's no way. Is there any way that the Big 12 or the Big 12, the Big 10 gets two teams in? No. That's, what we're talking that's, about. A, that's a no. Uh, I, you would need. Sorry. I'm trying to find my mayonnaise.
4: It's can, pissing me off. I can't can find you, it. You can't tie at all in college, right? It just keeps going and going. <laughs> no, yeah. what would happen is Michigan right, would need correct. to beat
2: Ohio State because everyone's so high on Ohio State. It had to be a close game that Michigan barely wins. And then Michigan went to the Big, 12, Big 10 championship. And then Ohio State gets in as the four seed, as a one loss four seed. Yeah. For them to get two in there.
3: I still think getting TCU in Oregon is more realistic than that. Okay. Yeah. All right. All
4: right. On to the next topic.
0: Yeah, what we got next. Fickle. Yeah, fickle. I think this, this is, is obviously this is, this a little a, bit of a this is a little bit of a clickbaity kind of. Some would say. Oh come on, sell it's, it, Trace. It's the, it's the only <laughs> thing that would fit in the ticker. That's that's the way I'd say it. The only thing that would fit in the side is a little fickle fiasco. And I I I've been passionate about this a little bit for a little while, and I haven't said anything because it's one of those things where I don't know, one, I don't know if I care enough to go too vocal about it. Mm-hmm. But one is I do think that you have to respect the fact that Fickle knows way more than I ever will about football, and I openly admit that. I also yeah. openly admit that there are times in which football coaches make decisions that aren't relatively rational and realistic and the right thing to do. And I think right now you can say whatever you would like about UC, but can anyone tell me who won the AAC in 2000? Oh, I'll pick a year. 14.
2: Did it exist in 2014?
0: Well, I don't know.
2: Louisville. The Louisville?
3: AAC? Yeah, that was its first year. That's a, so, so
0: whoever so won, who won the, who won in college football in 2015, 16, 17. My point is, is that we probably can't do that. So, how much value should we be placing in the idea of winning our last year in the AAC? Now, I know that's easy to say. I know that's e- I know that's one of those things where you're not you're not going to walk into the clubhouse or the the locker room and tell your guys, "Hey, we don't give a shit about winning this championship. We've been talking about winning all year long." That's not my point. I I do think though that at some point when you move into the Big Twelve, you have got to figure out whether or not you got somebody down the pike that you want that you that you can go to battle with in the Big Twelve. And you got a guy right now that was a highly rated recruit and prater that we know nothing about, little to nothing about. Right. The guy's been in not that many games. He did, to be fair, had to come in late into a football game against uh, South Florida Looks on good. homecoming. And he looked pretty decent. Looks good. He looked pretty decent. He looked like a guy that might be able to, to right the ship. He led them back. They won the game. And I get the idea that when you go to practice every day, maybe he doesn't look the best. Maybe, he, may, maybe he's a guy that... You know, you might not have as much faith in him right now. But I'll also say this I'm not saying I'm not a fickle guy. I like Luke Fickle a lot, but we have a clip. I pulled up a clip that he's openly admitting that sometimes he's not always right about a guy. Play the clip.
1: You realize you got a guy named Sauce Gardner on the junior. team. Are you just like, okay, well, he's starting? Oh, yeah. I don't need to see him practice. <laughs> no, actually, No, he was sitting on the bench as a freshman. He was 155 pounds. And the only reason he went in the game is we were playing UCF and they run 125 plays in a game so we're like we got to substitute these guys and the first series he was in he broke up a ball and the second series he was in he picked sixed it and I'm like okay we're not uh, quite as smart of coaches as I thought we were we better keep this guy in the game yeah so, that's why you need a dumb guy on your coaching staff like us who sees the <laughs> name sauce garden we're like yep. so you have to start sauce yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, at that point in time to until he was drafted he was just a mod to me and you know, guys that walk in with those self-proclaimed nicknames, you know, they don't they don't usually you know, rise to the top in our in uh, in our program right away. After that pick six, I think it was one of those things where more people started to recognize uh, that nickname.
0: And we're back. So it brings a point. That I'm that, 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 that I'm trying pigskin. to make, what?
2: That guy doesn't know pigskin, does he? <laughs> no,
0: I'm not going there. I'm not going there. What I'm, what I'm t- trying t- to say, t- say t- is that t- is t- this. T- 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 I've been around. I've been around enough athletic programs. I've been around enough teams to know. Yeah, two of them are gone. There, there are some. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> there are some. There are some guys that when the lights come on, they perform. Sure. They play better than whatever they look in got practice. A little bit of swagger to them. they, got, they, they have the ability for whatever reason. They can find a way to play their best when the lights are the brightest. And sometimes in practice, whatever reason, they don't show whatever they can show when they're in the game. And I just want to see, what does Prater have? What does he look like? Give him substantial reps in practice. Give him first-team reps and let him go out there for two, two Saturdays, or I guess they play on Fridays from time to time down there in the AAC, which proves my point. It, you might as well just get mm-hmm. ready for the Big 12, big boy football. And see what you have. Is there anything
2: wrong with that? No, let him play. I mean, he's, he's, he's a good athlete. I, I do remember when the first game, you remember they played Arkansas, and Ben Bryant looked like trash, absolute trash. And all these beat writers just kept saying, like, remember, Ben Bryant clearly won this quarterback battle in the offseason, but we've seen the tape. It's not getting right. better with Ben Bryant. Let Evan Prater do his thing. Simple as that.
0: Well, I think at the beginning of the year, let you had to, at the beginning of the year, you had to, you had to, let you play. had to at least let the guy that you thought ben was going to give you the best chance to, to, to win the game, go out there and play. But we're at a point now where you have to find out what you have going into the next year. It's as simple as that. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to go and beat down a dead horse and act like Fickle doesn't know what he's doing or anything of that nature. Um, but I do think that there are times where coaches, hard-headed or not, I've seen, I've seen Kirby do this from time to time down at Georgia and, and. You know, Sean makes fun of me because Justin Fields didn't get to play his freshman year. There are times where you do realize that just the guy that's in there, and just because he's winning football games, doesn't mean he's the right guy. And you could say the same thing that happened at Ohio State uh, when 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 Meyer was there. Mm-hmm. But you can never really fault a coach that's at a big Power Five school, in my opinion, when they have a guy that's winning football games sure. to take him out. Sure. If you're in, if you're in the situation that Fickle's in right now, you're not at a Power Five. You got to figure it
3: out. Sure. Let's move on. All mm-hmm. right. Next one up, fellas. It is uh, baseball ratings.
2: Baseball. Yeah, this is something you were, you were talking about with right the ratings I mean, for, for baseball. The yeah, World and I'll
0: let you talk. I'll let you hammer this right after my first point. Is that I think baseball needs to get out of the game of trying to compete with the NFL or another league. Yeah. I mean, quit worrying about what everybody else is is saying about your ratings or what you're watching or et cetera, et cetera. Um, and here's the reason why. Casey, pull up the graphic. You can see right here, clear as day, that we're not even in the same league, fellas. No. We're not even in the same realm of possibilities with the NFL. I mean, game one of the World Series that was on open air, free to view. You don't even have to have cable, theoretically, to watch this game. You can watch it for free. 11.4 million viewers, right? Do you see what the – do you see what the – what the rating is on the on the prime time game on Thursday night between Cincinnati, small market, Miami small market behind a paywall on Amazon Prime is, and half the world was at a
2: concert that night too, so
0: I mean. <laughs> In all honesty, well,
2: like, so, what are do you we think, doing? Do you think the CW, like, and this is going to be an extreme example? Do you think the CW compares its ratings to what CBS is putting out on on Tuesday programming? Do you think should, like, should, should
0: we compare our ratings to Pat McAfee's show? Right,
2: like, do you think we're like, ah, we're drawing this many viewers, active viewers? Pat McAfee's getting two thousand. Like, at some point, you punt and just go, we've got to, we've got to focus on our product, product, right. And, and everyone beats the dead horse on what's wrong with baseball. What's wrong with baseball? Baseball has its devout fans and will always have its devout fans. Cater to make it a little more exciting. Stop worrying about what Big Brother NFL is doing because you'll never be Big Brother NFL.
0: Right. No, you can't. You can't. You can't try to manipulate what you have as a product to try to, 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 to fashion yourself to getting sure. to where people like football. Two reasons football are dominant, in my opinion. One, scarcity. There's only so many games. Sure, they all matter. Right. It feels like a big deal every single week. It's made for television. I guess that's point two. The last point I'll make, I guess three. I, I went over by one. Is gambling. Yeah. Okay. People like to gamble. Base, and baseball's not a fun. Baseball. Baseball, baseball fun. has Durfies not gotten fun. to a point where it's been able to get this gambling thing, quote unquote, normalized yet. And how many people want to gamble 162 games? They're not going to I do don't. that. Reed, so – I'm going to. I'm going to But outside of that, your normal person isn't going to do that. So at the end of the day, can we stop worrying about the whole thing with baseball and what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing? We'll get into some things that they can quirk uh, or change. But the idea that you're going to compete with the NFL is it's a foregone conclusion. Um,
2: I, I have a question for you guys about
0: baseball. We need, a, we need a topic in the chat too, by the way. I don't do know if we're going to get that, chat. but um, – uh, i put some mayo on my sandwich. What do you
3: think do, about that?
2: You guys are baseball fans, even Casey.
3: And Casey bigger than me. Right, bigger than most. <laughs> the biggest.
2: Do people still care? Is this something that I only care about? Do people still care about the rivalry between the National League and the American League? Like, no. I'm a National League guy. National League's won three consecutive World Series. Like, does that matter to anybody? Or is that just me because I hang on to
4: weird stuff in baseball and I...
0: You you're the, the only. You're, 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 I'm the you're, only one who cares bird. About that. I
4: used to. I used to have that same feeling for football, NFC about, and AFC. Did you? Yeah, and I, I would never get, felt that. I would get mad when people who were NFC fans say the NFC is just way better. It's got way more talent than the AFC. And now the tables have kind of turned. Now the AFC has a loaded right. amount of talent, um, at least so we think. Um, so I can see where you're coming from. I understand where it comes from. But I don't think people care. Like, I think you and I w- would be in the minority in that case.
3: Uh, I know my dad cares, man. He always talks about Appreciate it. That, I, uh, I, I, you know what? I get pissed off more about more so than the World Series. <laughs> I want the National League to win the All-Star Game one Watch, time. Just one time, Just right? like one time. One time they, they got to win do. the All-Star Game. They never do. So I guess in that respect, I always want the National League to win the All-Star Game. But to sit here and... Say that there's, like, a rivalry for the whole – I don't get fired up about it like it seems like you do. Just the all-star game for me. Well,
2: I would like it, to be honest, if a postseason – if they did this, and they never will because players can get hurt and the Players Association is not going to do this. You know what would be fun? A seven-game series between the American League and the National League after the year – Play it down in somewhere warm. Like get the All Star teams to play seven games and play legit games, not where a pitcher's coming out every a new pitcher every inning, but they're playing it. You know Jacob Degrom's throwing six innings against Justin Verlander throwing six innings, and then we get the the aces playing. And I know we have the World Baseball. What would they be playing for? Just the National League, American League. I'm gonna tell you right
0: now. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit to something I shouldn't admit to.
2: He haven't watched the All-Star game in 10 years, probably.
0: I turned on the game last <laughs> night. Oh. I am a base. I would consider myself a baseball guy. I seen the score was 5 nothing. Mm. Yeah, it was 5 at one point. And, and, turned I, on Maxion. and I turned on Yeah, I
2: don't, I don't blame you. So, I don't blame you. I don't know. I mean,
0: that's not a good look. That's a bad look. What NFL team surprised you at the trade deadline? And should the Bengals been more active from Everett?
2: Okay, so here's actually a question I'm quite, quite passionate about.
0: One of the chat topics, by the way. Should the yeah, week. should yeah.
2: the Bengals have been more active at the trade deadline? One hundred percent. On Twitter, all of these fans going, "I can't believe the Bengals didn't do this. I can't believe the Bengals." In what world are you new? I mean, in what world did you ever think for a second that the Bengals were going to make a trade? That is moronic. That has never happened. I think it's been the last in-season trade that the Bengals did was. Before
4: Tom was alive.
2: It was like 1972 or was something
0: that like that. Was that a dig? Right.
4: But no, it's 50 years. Mean, that a doesn't dig at the Bengals can't be upset that they didn't make a trade. Like, every other NFL team is trying to get better. But it seems to the fans... Okay, I guess you're right. That but why get worked up
2: about it? Because it was never going to happen. I understand that point. It's, it's, it'd be like being 16 years old and it's Christmas... And you are very worked up at the fact that your parents did not buy you a car for Christmas. It probably was never going to happen, so don't get worked up about it. I understand that.
3: I, I mean, go ahead. I honestly didn't really care that the Bengals didn't No! Trade. It was... Like, it was, I, I was at... Honestly, I might lean the other way. I was fine with them not trading anybody or for anybody. You have I never a window... Gave it a thought. What?
2: I never gave it a thought.
3: I never... Yeah. But you have this window with these guys, Jamar, Joe. Yeah. You're not trading draft capital away at this point you're not trading you know any of these big name players away for any other big name players you
4: could have gotten kareem hunt for a fourth rounder.
3: is that a real thing but
2: that's what they said
4: what
2: they say on the on he's like 27 isn't he they said that the bank the browns were shopping around kareem hunt for a fourth round pick
0: i don't believe that that's i I mean i did see that somewhere then
4: you're calling joe buck a liar You could have gotten Robert Quinn for a a fourth (laughs) and a seventh. He's been called worse. (laughs) He's been called worse. I'm just saying that there's a lot of opportunities for these teams to make a trade, and they don't. And it's just like, you get blown away. Like, the Robert Quinn trade, to me, is just, like, what the hell? How did the Eagles pull that off?
0: Brian brings up a point, though. He says the Bengals value their draft capital and need to be careful from an expenditure standpoint because they need to pay Joey. And they need to pay Jamar. Okay, that's... Right, but that... <laughs>
2: Is Kareem Hunt on the on his last year of a deal or something like that? Because he's going to get paid. So you'd be trading a fourth-round pick away for...
0: Listen, the Bengals aren't going to win this year. I hate to be like that, but you, you're not... This year isn't the okay. This year, in my opinion, isn't the year. Now, I do think... That yeah, like, unfortunately. Yeah. Have a good time. Find your love. I, love. I love that.
2: That's the girls. I love that. Someone click on that link. See what happens. Just, t- give us a They didn't even send link. a link, they just uh. sent some
3: cherries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's your cherry on top. Right, There's our cherry, cherry on top. Bad,
2: bad history with cherries and girls.
0: Now, <laughs> I don't even know where we're at with the Bengals, but I. I don't – I I guess I don't want to be too negative on the Bengals. I just don't see it, man. I don't, I don't see the same thing I even seen last year in a way. We all um, agree with that. And I don't know what it is. I can't tell you exactly what it is. Um, it just reminds me like last year from an outside-looking-in perspective. I didn't watch every single game of the Bengals. But when I watched the Bengals, it felt like they were just like – they were just – taking chances. They were letting it rip 20, 25, 30 yards down the field. And dudes were making plays. I mean, T. Higgins the other night against the Browns, that one touchdown that he had, he just straight up took that ball from the corner. Corner was in a good position. Ball was just thrown in a good spot. On
2: 28 teams. So,
0: I don't – unless they get back to that type of offensive strategy or philosophy or whatever term you'd like to use, um, I don't see it. And – the, the first B- few weeks, maybe it made him gun shy. I mean, honestly, maybe it made them gun shy the first few weeks when they weren't able to protect the quarterback. That's all I can think of.
2: Are the Bengals are Bengals fans' expectations too unrealistic? Like, what's the we, what's what's your expectation? Are we jaded by the fact that we went to the Super Bowl last year to think that that? Are you supposed to move your goalposts, I guess, as a fan, I'm asking this. Are you supposed, after you get to the Super Bowl, move your goalposts to be like, that's where we should be, that's what we should be competing for every single year? Because if you were to ask a Bengals fan before last season, right, what would be a great year? I'd be like, if we meant the playoffs, that'd be great. And I get that your your goalposts move better when that happens, but the Bengals were 7-6 and six last year, at what? before I, the final four weeks of the spirit. year. 7-6. and six. Yeah. And then I mean, they rat, they rattle off six of six wins in eight games.
0: I do think I do think that trade deadline trades are a little overrated in the NFL yeah. because it feels like one of the things that's that is important in the NFL is chemistry. And I feel like it's difficult to kind of get that chemistry in such a shortened period of time. Maybe I'm wrong, but there's a reason that they do summer OTAs. There's a reason there's preseason um, and and there's a reason that the Bengals have struggled in Like it or not, Tom was beating down this door from a while ago. I don't know if it was true or not. We all don't really know at the end of the day. But I I guarantee this, the Bengals will take the preseason a hell of a lot more serious next year. And uh, we'll see if that makes a difference. Um, All right, let's make this quick. Scam of the day. day. Scam of the day. And we're out of here.
2: Scam of the day. We talked about this briefly. We did. Outside. The scam of the day, scam of the day, scam of the day, scam of the day are those card readers on those credit card machines.
0: Damn right.
2: They ask you for a tip every time. And you know what that tip is? It's a tax on generous people or people who are non confrontational. I don't want to be giving you $2 on my $2 coffee that I get from Big B Coffee or from wherever you get your coffee. (laughs) Stop asking me for tips everywhere i go i went to a concession stand not too long ago and they had a card reader it was nice because normally you deal with cash and everything like that and you go yeah sure here's my card give me my hot dog and my gatorade and they say, would you like to leave a tip i said what are you kidding me do I- no i do not want to leave a tip stop asking it you're it's a tax it's inflation to the highest degree
0: and you said it nailed it right on its head it's a tax on the nice people
2: Generous people and non-confrontational people. It is
0: tax on people that are just are they just they're they're too good of a person to say that's not fair. You can't ask me for $2 when I'm spending $3. And that's the one thing that's more of a scam than any of them. They've gotten rid of, I don't know if you've been paying attention, folks, they've gotten rid of the percentages on these things. Yep. They've started to do it to where you can do a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, or other. Okay? And when you're going to a coffee shop and they flip that thing around and your only option is $2 on your $1.50 yeah. coffee, that is absolute bullshit. And at some point, these companies are going to have to pay for it. Tipping in America in and of itself is it a is joke. A t- yeah,
1: it's it's a, terrible, a joke.
0: How can you pay people $3 an hour to work a restaurant, tell them yeah, to clean yeah. the floors, yeah. go mop down the booths, go go do this, go mm. Gland had the asshole mm. Karen Preach. over there that wants, her, that wants her latte a certain yes. way. Forget all that shit. At the end of the day, start paying these people $10, $15 an hour to work and get rid of tips completely. Right. Tips are bullshit. Or you do agree with I, tips are no,
3: bullshit I, as a
2: whole. Forget the card reader. Tips are bullshit, period. You want to know, you know, <laughs> tips are bullshit. We went to Agave and Rye out there in Liberty Center this Sunday for a for birthday. And we had a 12, 15-person party. They already put a 20%— Oh, the gratuity. T- gratuity onto the bill. And then they put the lines asking if you want to leave another tip. <laughs> They don't like, they, just, they just bury that they already put the gratuity in your tip, so you have to actually look like, what did I pay for, yada, 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 uh, gratuity, 20%. And then it has the audacity, and if you're just signing away, you're like, oh, there's the line, you've got to look at it, and then you have to do it again. When I went on my honeymoon last year, everywhere in Miami did this. It was the fourth day where I realized I was tipping twice. <sighs> you
3: got anything to say, boys? Paul. No, I, I very much agree. Yeah, I had to take a hard stand about – I had to look myself in the mirror about six months ago, and I had to say, look – at some point, you just can't afford to keep doing this. Right. When, when, the,
2: when the barista pours me a black coffee. It was,
3: yeah. As somebody that has worked in the service industry before and appreciates a good tip, it was a hard personal conversation I had to have with myself that said, at some point in this economy, I'm going to be fresh out of money if I keep tossing right. fifty right. at all these little places. It, it's a tax on jitters. It's tough. I a got black,
2: a $2 black coffee from Bigby. You hand them your card, like that'll be 220, whatever. And they go, they look you right in the eye and they say, do you want to leave a tip?
0: Right. They do that. They, they do you right
2: in the eye. And you're and you're seeing this person. They've probably been through a lot. They could use this tip money. They do that. But you know who needs it a little more? I do. Big dog does. Put that <laughs> away. That's half of my black coffee you know, tomorrow. I'll put it away. You don't get a dollar. You
3: today. know what's funny is I did see a TikTok of somebody making fun of this the other night that they opened their door to trick or treat. Somebody took the candy out and then somebody came around from behind the door with an iPad and said, <laughs> would you like to leave a tip? Hell yeah. <laughs> and that's how it feels. I'll tell you what. I hope we clip this
0: thing out and somebody tags Bigby because they're the worst at it, they are the worst. No free ads, but they but we bring them up because it's true. They're the worst at it. Yeah, so this is the farthest thing from it. I got some good news. I'm going to leave on this. I'm out of here. I got to get on a call. Um, Paul mentioned he wanted a raise. Casey mentioned you know you know he wants a raise, and and you know everybody wants raises. I'll, so I'll here's what the shirt. boss man's going to do on Friday for everybody. Go oh, baby. I'm going to give you a free opportunity, free opportunity. To earn a raise on Friday.
4: Okay. Slig it. <laughs> I want to let you know it. on Friday. Oh, okay.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> these guys are excited. All right. Wow. Appreciate, uh, thank you for the chats. Appreciate yep. you tuning in, staying with us. Obviously, we're going to keep on tagging along Monday, Wednesday, Fridays right after Tom's show off the bench. And um, have a good rest of your Wednesday. See ya.